You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms, and if you like research like I do, Make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Hello, I'm so happy to have you for this episode of the Enneagram and Marriage podcast. Today, we're talking about something so important for this culture right now, 43 to 44% of our marriages are ending in divorce. And we just want to help you to make sure that you have all the tools possible to have a healthy, successful marriage and even to be able to dream about your marriage mission. So we'll talk more about your mission and your glow on Wednesday. But today I want to do some baseline with you to be able to look together at why couples divorce. And I'm going to cite you the top three reasons why this is happening and culture so that you can really actively be warring against it. So yes, Art of War, a little bit of that here today, a little bit of Tolkien. We have to do that sometimes. I was told by a book reader, they said, Krista, you've cited Harry Potter. You have cited Taylor Swift. Where's my Tolkien? And then they were like, oh, I got you chapter one. I'm seeing Tolkien, Jane Austen. I'm like, yes, don't worry. I've got you covered. (laughs) So we will cover that today for those who are familiar with this podcast and uh, me nerding out in those ways. We have to do that a little bit each time. So, but First and foremost, I just want to say, let's go into these stats about what really makes couples divorce. And the number one cited reason is compatibility or a lack thereof. So I'm super glad to point out to you, and I do this in my book super clearly, but I have to repeat it because I was interviewed on a radio show this last week. I've been loving this whole touring uh, radio podcast tour because guess what's happening? I'm getting the same sorts of questions. And this huge one keeps coming up about compatibility. This is probably why, because it's the number one cited reason, especially in early marriage for divorce. And that is uh, people saying like, what types are compatible? What types aren't? And I just want to really reconfirm uh, every type can work with every other type. If you're healthy and you keep an open, healthy relationship window of tolerance, which means you are building each other up. You are trying to get time together. That's quality. You're trying to work on things. You're trying to keep your sleep, your body regulated. You're trying to uh, keep fitness like these baseline self-care measures to keep your personal window of tolerance open. And then, like I said, these relational pieces, this is going to help you so much to be compatible with anybody that you could potentially be married with. Because let me tell you what marriage is usually like in terms of compatibility. Once in a while, we marry somebody of the same type and we're like two parallel lines just tracking with each other. Much more often, it's more like puzzle pieces fitting together where we have certain gifts that we bring to our spouse and then they bring us certain gifts. So it actually works beautifully together when we're in rhythm. And like I said, when we have our window of tolerance open and we're like, yeah, I'm decently well-rested, well-fed, you know, I'm decently, uh, you know, able to spend time with you. We can go on dates and talk about even the different 
different things, or we can have sexual intimacy, even if it's not always perfect, like we are connected. Um, I also can't wait to have Scott Kadersha on the podcast because I'm so happy about his new book that he is truly killing it out there with. And he is a fellow Baker author who is reminding us that prayer together is just one more of those pieces. But we'll talk about that when we go to our third reason why couples divorce. So keep in mind, compatibility can happen with anyone as you're doing your work and there's no bad pairings. So I will fight for you on that. Every pairing has a different light. They shine a different glow up, if you will, with uh, every different type. Uh, But we also cast a different shadow with every type too, right? Because some of us are like, oh, you're withdrawing or you're very passionate or, you know, this or that. And these things will ebb flow and sometimes collide in really unhealthy ways. Um, Briefly, before we go on to uh, tip two about why couples divorce, I'll let you know that I was just reading this book. I am literally nerding out on it, obsessed. The letters of J.R.R. Tolkien, I promised I would bring him in. I can see I'm right here in the middle if you're watching on YouTube, but really, really good part I just got to where he talked about how he and C.S. Lewis in this moment of the book, they're still besties. I don't know what happens, but I think later they have some issues. But Anywho, what happens is he says, I just don't like the way he writes and he doesn't really like the way I write. We love each other. And I'm like, this is like, I just literally wrote in there like, LOL, like this is such a good example of marriage sometimes. Like there's pieces you're like, I love this about my spouse. I grieve this about my spouse. So keep doing that, guys. That's really healthy to be able to say like, here's what hurts. Here's what's shadowy. Here's what I grieve that I don't have. And here's next what I do have. Because so many people, uh, clients will ask me, oh, like, I don't want to go down to that dark place. I have all these emotions. I remember people saying that even at my job in uh, Southfield, Michigan, years back, they'd bring their kids in for play therapy. And I'd say like, how are you doing in our 10 minutes before or after sessions? And they'd be like, I'm not even able to like go there. And it would be like the most godly sweet people. And I'd be like, oh, that hurts for me to see that you can't even go there. Uh, so I just welcome you to go there. God can handle it. And I I just love that time in my life. I I need it most every day to even through doubts to just be with God, to just be at God's feet and just say, here's what I grieve. And then you get to move into celebration and gratitude. So when people say like, if I go there, how do I leave? Exactly how you leave that lament space is you come into a space of gratitude and you celebrate who your spouse is and what they bring to you. And that is huge. And also what you can do together. I usually say lament gratitude, and then plan. Like what are some good things you can plan for connection and intimacy? If you're like me, you're bustling. And so you you need to think that through intentionally. Now, and I'll say if you're like most people, since we know that Divorce statistic is so high. So the second reason that people cite divorce, especially in years two through eight of marriage, is because of extended family systems. And that's probably no surprise to you if you're in our Enneagram and Marriage Glow Planner at all right now, which we have month by month pieces, 52 weeks worth of packed information for you the whole month of October was dedicated to prior to the holidays, helping people to work through extended family issues. You know, I am a pro at this. We have had so many from literal my father writing Facebook Sava novellas about him. And, you know, you've heard this before. If you've listened to my podcast before, Elder Hardwan having a battle with Pierre Massey. Like this was my dad being like, do not trust this family. Like this is the worst decision you can make. Like no, 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 all the above, you know, and I don't even want to say more because I feel like I'd be dishonoring people, but you get my point. Like I have lived that side of it. I have lived the other side to have in-laws even recently say, 
horrible things about me to me because of the boundaries that I've needed to set and even Wes has needed to set. And so I can help you here. I need you to know though, it takes two things. It needs honesty with yourself and with your spouse so that you don't just go full rogue on your in-laws or full selfish. Uh, you know, I guess those could be the same thing, uh, but also that you also don't go purely codependent where you're faking it and not showing what's really hard and what you need to ask for. And I've, I've been in marriage for a long time. I've done both where I've been like too nice and just laying down on everything that I believe in or, you know, so tightly wound and shut, like I'm not going near those people. And what I understand about humanity is we have to have grace for others and ourselves. We have to realize that our parents have their own way of surviving. And what's been very helpful, like I share in the book, and I talk about Moana and all the generations, like I love that song, literally, I am Moana, that my kids got me into years back. But it's such a good reminder of how we carry forth each generation and that there's value to whoever brought us to where we are today. And so just sitting with that is also part of the lament and gratitude process as well. And it helps you not to totally do full cutoffs, except where absolutely needed. And I think those cases are super rare and I haven't even done one of those. So I really want you to try to become more expansive as you learn uh, different people's traumas, as well as how to protect yourself and speak up for your marriage. So that way in the years two through eight or any time that doesn't become you one more statistic of divorce, but instead you guys get to say, yeah, it's hard. We did our counseling. We did our coaching. We did our work and we're growing and we're glowing. And guess what? You get to show that family who you are. And the other day, my sister, and I know she wouldn't mind for me to say this, but we were having a conversation on the phone and she said, you know, Krista, you've really shown the rest of us what healthy family is. And uh, she's like, a lot of us have made really selfish decisions. And I mean this, like I have to, I'm not putting myself up. I'm just saying it was really special that she took some time to say, um, you have really shown us what it looks like to raise forth healthy kids and to set the priorities straight and right. And um, others of us haven't done that. And I was so touched. And like, I wanted to say right then and there, you did amazing. And I'm not going to get emotional, but I was like, you know, you and my siblings who didn't have as easy of routes, mine has not been easy, but even as easy as mine, um, you made the way for me to have this route as the youngest sibling who, you know, you guys had to fend for yourselves. Wes was just talking to my sister, Abby today. And, um, they, my sister has been visiting in town and she's resting at her hotel right now, but, um, he was saying, uh, to her, uh, you know, just, oh, you had a nanny growing up. And she's like, yeah, we had a nanny and a housekeeper on a teacher's salary while Krista was shipped off to grandma's during mom's mental health stay and how hard her kindergarten teacher was on her. And I was just thinking like, yeah, you're my hero. So just look at family extended situations with some grace and with some boundaries, and that's not going to be you guys. Okay. Now the third and final reason that people after these eight years of marriage cite for divorce is lack of intimacy and infidelity. And you can imagine that if you've done a pretty good job at the first two, finding some compatibility, finding that flow, finding that glow, and also working out your extended family issues, here's where the statistic that married men um, and probably women too, I haven't seen the latter, but are more attractive uh, because you've got your stuff together. And so it makes people want you. They're like, that is attractive. That is survival-based. That is thriving. And that is tempting. And so it's important for you to set the boundaries you need to set. Everyone's going to be different there. Um, and, and accountability works great here. I have several best friends who hold me accountable to my struggles. Um, and for years, 
And it's so helpful to have that. And I, I know Wes has had that over many years. Um, I know that many of you have had counselors, coaches, support groups, people to help you walk through this. And you've had to set some really big boundaries yourself because that's happened. I mean, we just had last year, my only other serious boyfriend besides Wes try to come back into my life. And I'm like, that is not going to be healthy for me, even though I as seven, I hate this, but my feelings were cut off. I'm like, I don't want to attach my feelings again. Like that's not a good space for me. And so that was able to be worked out very quickly, but there was also, and will also be other circumstances and situations that rise up where you're like, okay, this could take me down if I play with fire. So please don't, you'll know for yourself when those situations rise up just as I do. And we have to take that to God, to confession, to others, and to be able to say like, here's my window of tolerance for that, for opposite sex friendships, for, um, relationships within our marriage so that we are close. I hate to say it, but there's just a cultural swing going of literally swinging. Um, And so you have to really say like, here's our boundaries. And please know when I say it does not work, the couples who call us and say, will you work with us along the lines of polyamory? It's this one's suicidal. This one's major depressive because it's really hard. Like pair bonding isn't meant for that. The oxytocin we release together matters. Our brains are wired for this one-to-one connection. This was anecdotally what got people through the Holocaust, like just this one-to-one. So please know that as much as I want you to have good social, as much as I want you to have really good self-care, this one-to-one bond can't be ignored. So in addition to setting boundaries for infidelity, I really want you to take from this podcast this week, intimacy building together is worthy and so much of me as a seven could be like, no, no, just go have fun and be positive and do your thing and work hard and be practical. But even I, as your guide in the book, The Enneagram and Marriage, your guide to thriving together and your unique pairing, I am there on the page with you too, doing the work as well. So it's because I've seen the statistics, because I've seen the couples. Yes, I can guide you, but I'm also doing that work with you to say, we have to keep building intimacy. We have to keep having conversations that are sometimes uncomfortable. But at the same time, I am going to bring you perhaps the best of my refreshing gifts to you, uh, as just as I need yours, by the way. We all need each other's gifts. And that is that I can tell you that when you pour in the good, also it matters. When you're more joy-filled than harsh, when you are five to one, positives to negatives, meaning giving your spouse five to one um, blessings versus uh, uh not criticisms, but complaints. Um, Because we never want to criticize. We never want to core criticize who they are. But if you do have some complaints, make sure that five to one ratio, you're like, but this is what I love. Thank you for this. And that you're really being salt and light to your spouse. But bringing that light is just such a great gift because we know it's a dark world. We know that they're out there with temptation, with trials, with um, perhaps other just tribulations that you're not even aware of. So be connecting with them intentionally and you won't have to be part of this divorce statistic. On Wednesday, I'm going to bring you some more about your glow up, but I just wanted you to have some great tools today so that you could know often we're just at that baseline where we're trying to get practical and survive, but sometimes we can rise up right to that top, that peak experience together. Can't be every day, but when we're really intentional, lined up, we can actually cross goals off. We can actually create better systems systems, uh, but it's going to take that. It's going to take you building up systems, not just aiming for goals without an actual uh, 
plan in place. So let me help you with that. You're going to help me with other things. We're going to do this together. Don't forget the book has a code right now at bakerbookhouse.com where you can use the code EMBOOK40 and get 40% off and standard shipping free also. So glad to share that with you. Also, don't forget to see me on Instagram Lives on Thursdays at noon Eastern Standard Time. I'm grateful to be able to talk this out, walk this out with you this season. I know that we are doing our work together and it's so much fun. I have to admit it. I'm loving this season. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcast or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as EnneagramAndMarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.